One of the ways that we've been blessed by you, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little more as we get into the sermon text, <clears throat> is that um, back in 2014, we came back from Turkey after a couple years there, and we had lived in Brooklyn for <clears throat> eight or nine years um, before that, and heart, uh, didn't see any fruit as far as people coming to the Lord among Turks. And I had mentioned here a couple times through the years, if I remember right, um, pray for Turkish believers in, in Brooklyn. And, <clears throat> and then when we were here in 2014, that um, September, um, there was a, <clears throat> a missions conference here who I, I and I um, did some speaking, and I remember just pleading we need your help. Please pray for us. We need you. We can't do it ourselves. And um, you as a church family responded with that. And I'm sharing some of this because some who are new here or visiting may not realize some of this. But um, within that next year then, a sign-up sheet was placed. And um, there were about 15 to 20 people who signed up to pray 15 minutes a day for the ministry in New York and and for us. <clears throat> and then um, that happened a second year. Um, I think that second year there were 20 to 22 people who pray, were praying daily, a 15-minute slot. And, um, and it's happened a third year. <clears throat> so we just completed that third year. That has been an amazing blessing. And I, I share this with other people and groups, and I boast about you. Um, I am proud of you. And God has worked through that. It's amazing. And um, in 2015, and I don't remember exactly when it, um, when the that um, organized effort officially started, but um, that summer of 2015, two Turkish believers separately were baptized, and that was through God's um, God's power. And um, the Lord works when we pray. He really does. And then we've seen unusual things happen through prayer, like um, <clears throat> the time when someone told us who wasn't a believer, he said, there's a mother and son here. They want to convert and um, become Christians. We want you to meet them. And out of the clear blue sky that we had no expectation about, a mother and son um, believed in the Lord Jesus. And I just feel... Um, God is working because we've been praying. So it's been a great blessing. And I encourage you. Uh, we're <clears throat> so that for this third year, that's officially ended. Um, if, if you had signed up for that, you don't have to feel obligated by a promise or anything to continue. And <clears throat> here's, I was thinking about this. What if um, you would do the same with the leaders and the the work here at Weavertown. What if 15 to 20 of you would sign up on a sign-up sheet and commit to praying 15 minutes a day in different slots of time, for the, especially for the leadership here and, <clears throat> and, um, and the work right here locally of Weavertown Church? What do you think God would do? Now, I know you're praying, and I know you pray for your leaders, but maybe God would be honored um, I don't know that something organized like that has happened. Maybe he, um, <clears throat> he, 
he would be honored for you to do it. And maybe one of you just has to step out and um, start it. Because probably um, Glenn or Dave or one of the other ministry, they probably won't start it. Okay? Because, um, but if one of you who aren't in leadership would just, if a couple of you would get together and say, let's do this voluntarily, especially for the leadership here and for the work of the church, God, I think, could do amazing things that you all would be so blessed. And um, I say that, so maybe if if the Lord's prompting some of you to do that, don't quench that. I encourage you, don't quench that. And um, if some of you want to receive, continue receiving prayer requests for intercession from us, um, let us know through email or text or phone call. Um, and we probably will continue texting some people, for, especially for intercession or sending out emails. But um, it, <clears throat> we're not actually looking, or it doesn't have to continue as it was, because we are going um, through a time of, of transition. And I say that not because I don't want it, but actually I, <clears throat> um, we are in a time of, of transition and that's one thing I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, we formed membership at Verizona Fellowship. And um, until then, uh, and we and our three sons, and then there's nine other people. There's a um, total of 12 um, people there that are members there. Until then, through these years, and that happened the end of April, through these years, um, we weren't members at anywhere else. Rhoda and I weren't, except, except here. And and then we had been thinking when the membership formed there, well, maybe we'll just continue um, as members here and keep our membership at both places. But especially in talking with um, Dave here, it seemed right to, for us to actually just transfer our membership and not be, try to be members at both places um, at the same time, in, in a similar um, way that the outreaches from Weavertown here, like Trauger County, have when they have formed a local body there, they're members here and, and not both places. So that um, made sense to us. <clears throat> and I've thought of two, two little illustrations that have connected with me to explain this transition. Um, one is, I, I feel something's been birthed in New York through you. Um, and you know, when a baby's born, uh, one of the first things that happens is they cut that umbilical cord. All right. And um, if they wouldn't do that, it'd be a bit unnatural, right? And it would be, um, if that cord wouldn't be cut, something wouldn't quite be operating properly for mother and child, correct? And that's, um, you, <clears throat> in a way, we've been closely connected to you. You have um, fed us and helped us and direct, given direction. But something has been birthed. And I think the, um, <clears throat> our membership here is going to be discontinued this fall, not officially today. And I think it's something, we feel a peace about it, something natural that um, the Lord's timing is right. <clears throat> and then another illustration I've thought of with 
us um, not being members here anymore is um, when a daughter gets married in a family, the um, transfer of leadership happens for that daughter, right? So before that, her father was her um, authority and leadership. And then for a time during dating and engagement, sort of both. And then um, when marriage comes, that there's a transfer of leadership. Does that mean the daughter is cut off from the family? No. And we don't see ourselves as being um, cut off from our church family here. Um, <clears throat> but it's actually an extension of the family. And someone's added, right? And... <clears throat> And then there's, um, when the grandchildren comes along, that family actually grows. But still there has been a, a transfer or a change of leadership for that daughter. And that's um, an illustration I've thought of. And one other thing I'd love to say, some, sometime I'd love to bring some of the, in my illustration, the grandchildren, some of those who have come to the Lord in New York through what you've been doing through um, some of the births that happen. I've loved to bring them here. It's a dream of mine to come here with one or some of them and um, just express appreciation and um, you could meet each other. So <clears throat> I hope um, some of those ramblings made sense to you and you're welcome to talk to us or the leadership here about that. And I know many of you are aware of um, these things that have been happening. Okay, I'd like you to open up now to Hebrews chapter 13. And um, Glenn read this. <clears throat> so Hebrews chapter 13, we're especially looking today <clears throat> at verse 17. So open your Bibles there, please. But for now, I'm going to start at verse 20, and this will be one of the last points, but I'm going to read it first, <clears throat> because it's um, Jesus is first and last. <clears throat> and now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And we need to be looking to Jesus. He's the source and origin of our faith. And it's only through him that we can continue and persevere in the faith. And he will um, bring it to consummation. And um, he is the one. Let's look to him this morning and look into his word. When we look into his word and look to him as John was sharing earlier, it's a powerful combination because, of course, they work um, hand in hand. <clears throat> so back to verse 17, we'll look at some of these phrases in verse um, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they keep watch for your souls, <clears throat> as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now I'm going to be speaking some this morning that it's a little harder 
um, a, a subject that would be a little harder for the leadership here to speak to you about. Because I'm going to tell you, just as the verse says, obey them which have the rule over you and submit to them. Now, they should be preaching that, okay? But it has to be with some care. But I'm coming to you um, with not having leadership here. And I want you to really encourage you as a church to do just that. <clears throat> it, to obey them. To simply do what they say. Okay? That's not uh, rocket science. It's not too hard to follow. And, <clears throat> and then not just, it doesn't just say obey. It says submit. And that has the idea of, of yielding when there's a difference in opinion. Like when you obey, sometimes when we obey, there's, um, you feel the same way. So it's not hard to obey. You're feeling the same way about it. But um, sometimes with submission, there's differences of opinion. Now we have a small congregation there. There's only 12 members. But during uh, the time we were f- forming um, the guidelines in the church and our statement of faith we already had differences of opinion and we had to work at it and we had to give and take and yield to each other how much more in a church like this I know there has to be some yielding in a congregation this size right right Dave and others so I'm encouraging you to yield to each other um Even in in areas where you're persuaded you're right, which we're usually persuaded that way, right? And maybe the leadership is wrong. Yield. Now, I take what I say with a grain of salt. I know there's times, I, I feel there may be times, if we are in a certain congregation, and for some of this, this may have happened in the past, that we couldn't conscientiously continue there. Maybe we couldn't... Um, verbally agree to things that were being required. And I understand cases like that. But <clears throat> I'm, um, I'm of the opinion that here in this congregation, if there are differences of opinion, <clears throat> most of the time, by far most of the time, yielding isn't a matter of um, me doing wrong and just letting the other person um, call the shots. It's uh, often it's a matter of opinion. And we try to make some of these matters, we try to make more spiritual than they really are. Okay? And I just encourage us to submit. Um, And there was a time in in my life um, here where there was something that happened and I had a difference of opinion. And... Um, and through a process of time and communication with people here, I just, the Lord was um, telling me, I felt just deep in my spirit, submit, okay? And I was making th- things, um, sometimes when that happens, we have differences of opinion. We think we're all spiritual, right? And the other guys aren't. And uh, the devil can really use that. Beware of that one, um, especially young people, we have these great, big, grand ideas and they're very spiritual and we're very critical, right? Sometimes. But be careful. Sometimes it's just simply flesh in us. And, you know, as we did that, we've been so blessed as we've submitted. And 
Um, let me just give you one example of that blessing. Um, <clears throat> when we moved to, um, no, well, I'll give you two examples. Um, <clears throat> when we moved to New York then in, in 2003, we weren't sure exactly where our, um, all of our financial support was going to come from because the mission we're with um, doesn't um, <clears throat> provide our, our financial support. <clears throat> and I didn't, I wasn't planning to have a full-time job. And as you know, New York City is an expensive place. And um, soon, right soon after we moved, and I know Glenn Miller was behind some of this and probably some of the rest of you, I got together just on a um, voluntary basis and asked some people if they'd be willing to give monthly toward our rent. And that has continued through these years. And we saw just one blessing of just being here through that practical thing of, um, of some of you giving, and many of you have given. It's been such a great blessing. And we didn't submit so that we get financial um, support from you. But in, in um, being here, <clears throat> and God, that was one blessing um, through that. And then, then another great blessing came years later, around 2015, I think it was, when God put it in the heart of Sam and Rosetta Fisher um, <clears throat> to just, after we got back from Turkey, to come up once a month with a group of you and help with the... Um, with a group that was meeting there for worship, helped support us and be with us, especially in that time when it was very small. And so they did that for about um, two and a half or three years, whatever it was. What a great blessing that was for us. So as we um, follow God's principles, there's such great blessing um, that comes through that. And... Um, by the way, don't take those comments to think that we're all whatever and put ourselves up on the pedestal. As, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when, um, when there's a birth, <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of, um, it's not real pretty. Is it? I, I especially remember when my first son was born. Um, <clears throat> he came out and um, I was a bit shocked at his appearance. Now, he turned out to be a pretty good-looking baby, actually, and a young man, if you see him today. But um, his appearance coming out was, I was a bit taken aback, and there, but there was life there. And, you know, some of you that know me through these years, you've experienced some of that in me and us. There's been too much flesh there, and there still is. We're not totally redeemed yet. But then I could say the same about you, right? There's still flesh in some of you. It goes both ways. And that lesson this morning of forgiveness is so important. And um, so <clears throat> just remember that, you know, we're not perfect and we still have flesh. We still do things wrong sometimes. But yet God is working. So back to this area of obedience and submission. There is such an interesting verse in um, Ephesians 5. Um, turn there, please. Ephesians chapter 5. And if you've never noticed this before, I want you to notice, take note. Um, verse 
starting in verse 18, says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's what we want, right? We want to be filled with the Spirit. And some of us um, understand the signs of that or what that will look like in different ways. Okay, But here, it actually mentions five things that will be signs of being filled with the Spirit. And if I remember uh, right from having read this some years ago, these are participles. These following verbs are participles that are connected to being filled with the Spirit, for those of you who like English. So so here's one. If you're filled with the Spirit, there will be um, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there will be that speaking and um, that overflow of what's in the heart of being filled with the Spirit. Then it says, and and singing, then it says, singing, so being, if you're filled with the Spirit, singing will come. There will be that joy. And the third one, making melody in your heart to the Lord. <clears throat> if you're filled with the Spirit, if God's Spirit is on you, there will be that joy flowing out. Then let's look at the next one, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are filled with the Spirit, you will be a person who is growing in thankfulness. And these are all things we like to hear, right? And often emphasize. But notice the fifth one. If you're filled with the Spirit, look at what's going to happen in verse 21. Submitting, and this is connected with being filled with the Spirit. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then he goes into some very practical admonitions about submitting. If you think, if you desire to be filled with the Spirit, and maybe you've just been praying for an outpouring of God's Spirit upon you, that's a good desire. But then if on the other hand, there is um, 90% of you isn't submitting, you're just living your own life, want to do your own thing, something's wrong. Okay, And don't think that you're filled with the Spirit if you're living as a rebel or just thinking your own boss and nobody else can t- tell me what to do. If you are living in unsubmission, it means you're not filled with the Spirit. Okay, They go hand in hand. And it's one of the signs of being filled with the Spirit. So <clears throat> back to Hebrews 13. Um, Obey your leaders and submit to them. Um, And another, in King James it says, obey them that have the rule over you. It can mean your guides, okay, them that have. It also, in other translations, it's um, sometimes just translated leaders. Obey them, submit yourselves. Okay, the next phrase now. Oh no, I had a couple more things on this. Um, I've been so challenged by a book I've read recently and I'd recommend it um, to some of you. It says it's called When the Church Was a Family and it gave historical background of the family in Mediterranean ancient times. Um, In in that culture the group came first not the individual like a lot of us in our culture today and our present thinking. The group came first and um, they looked out for each other and the blood ties were the stronger, strongest. In fact, sibling ties, blood, um, blood brothers and sisters, the ties they had were more close than the ties a man had with his wife. Okay? So if it came down in ancient times 
to the difference of who, who should I listen to, my sister, my blood sister, or my blood brother, or my father, or what my wife is saying, they would, um, in that culture generally, they would tend to side with their blood relatives. So uh, sibling um, relationships were very, very, very strong, okay? And they looked out for each other. Then when Jesus came along, and this is how I understand at least some of his teachings on family, like he said, you must hate your father and mother and brother and sister and come follow me. I believe what he was saying, he wasn't saying literally you have to hate people, we, we understand that, but he was saying that if you want to be a part of my family, you have to leave your natural family and your main priority has to be with a fa my family, the church. Stronger than your natural family. <clears throat> and that was a powerful statement in that time. <clears throat> and um, some of us want to live without a family, okay? And I feel it's just a growing spirit among us as conservative peoples. It's kind of edging in, like living um, <clears throat> without membership. And back to this verse... If, if you're not a member anywhere, how can you observe this verse where it says, obey them which have the rule over you? If nobody has the leadership over you, if nobody has spiritual insight, how can you obey that? How can you submit if you're um, not a member and plugged into any church? And if a church doesn't have membership, <clears throat> um, who are the shepherds? supposed to watch or give account for. And that's one reason we formed membership where we were, because we had been meeting for a while without um, more formal membership. But who were who supposed to actually watch out for in, in leading out there? Who, and, and then some people might say, well, the early church, they didn't have membership. And, um, but I question, Really? Actually, I feel the membership that was in the early church, if you look at the book of Acts, even though they might have not had the membership list on um, their iPhone or the latest computer, or maybe even on paper or papyrus or whatever they were using, there was still a clear membership in the early church that was possibly stronger than we even have it today. There was, it was clear in the book of Acts who was following Jesus and who was under the apostles' leadership and who wasn't. It seemed to be quite clear. So I feel church membership is just a practical way of walking that out. And it's not unbiblical, <clears throat> as far as I can see. So, <clears throat> um, and then you might ask, well, what if I, uh, if I am a member and don't agree with a shepherd's view or a way of doing things? Well, one thing to remember, you're free to submit. Okay, there's freedom in Christ to do that um, and to be filled with the Spirit. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, he really encouraged people in whatever condition they were to stay in that condition where God had called them. <clears throat> so if you, God has called you while you're, and you're in this congregation, the natural thing, the normal way of, is um, to stay there. Now, God may move you on, maybe you change locations or other things, but <clears throat> that is the normal way of things. <clears throat> okay, let's, um, let's move on to the next phrase, for they watch for your souls. And um, <clears throat> so we are to obey and submit to those who are leading. 
And they are to watch for people's souls. Now, as I was thinking about this, this is just an amazing and fearful responsibility. Watching for other people's souls. That word watch has the idea of sleepless. And um, in Greek, it's emphatic. It's, it's almost, it could be translated, for it is they that watch on behalf of your souls as having to give account. So as leaders, that's quite a responsibility. But actually, I'm not, the main thing this morning is not to talk to the leaders here, um, to the congregation. And then the next phrase, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. And one day, they will give account for you. And that's such an amazing responsibility. And <clears throat> then it says, um, continuing in verse 18, that they may do it with joy. And th- there could be a couple ways you take this, but the way I'm understanding is um, that they may do what with joy? That they may watch for your souls with joy. And it could also refer to giving an account for, with joy, but that's in the future. Right now, you are supposed to live so that they can keep watch over you with joy and not with grief. And that word simply means groaning, okay? So if you ever hear your ministers and pastors here groaning, uh, then you better sit up and take note, okay? Because it says... um, That is unprofitable for them. Well, yeah, it's not very profitable for them if they're groaning. But it's not profitable for you. What does that mean? Why would it be unprofitable for you to cause grief and groaning to your leaders while they watch for your souls? Why would that be unprofitable for you? Well, there's several things. Several reasons why. <clears throat> One is in First Peter five five, and it's in the same context of um, submission and shepherding. It says, "God will oppose you, and He will oppose the proud." Now, if God opposes you, that's something very unprofitable. You won't get anywhere, and you won't flourish. So that would not be to your advantage. And then another thing in Psalm 133, and um, here, if you, <clears throat> if you cause groaning to your leaders, it will affect the whole group, not just you. And in Psalm 133, it says how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And then it talks about how it's like the oil and Aaron's beard that ran down. So, and, um, <clears throat> and then it says how it's like the dew on the, on the mountain. And it's, then it says something very interesting. It says, there is where the Lord commands the blessing. And what it means is that where brothers are dwelling together in unity, that's where the Lord commands a blessing. And a blessing in Hebrew is shalom. It meant like welfare, well-being. So if you are following this principle in this verse, and you're not causing grief or groaning to your leaders, <clears throat> the Lord will then command a blessing. And if you're causing a bunch of groaning, he's going to, it'll affect the whole group and he will withhold his blessing. 
that's unprofitable. That would not be to your advantage. And so I encourage you. And, and when I in speaking all this, I know that uh, many of you, if not most of you, are following these principles. And God bless you in continuing that because we want God's blessing. Um, you know, if you don't follow God's principles here in this verse, which can only be followed by being members one of another, you will be like a sheep in a country of wolves who says, I don't need a shepherd. I'm just fine on my own. What kind of sheep could survive that way in a country of wolves? So if you don't follow these simple principles here in verse 17, you will be like that sheep. So I encourage you, be members one of another and um, obey, submit, and do um, help them to lead with joy. <clears throat> now, uh, one more question I have is how can we help them watch with joy? And <clears throat> um, so there's, there's several things here um, that right in this context that will help them to lead and to watch with joy and not with groaning and grief. So the first one is in verse 15. It says, um, through him then, <clears throat> or um, sorry, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So how can you help them watch over your souls with joy? Have a spirit of praise and thanksgiving in several ways. First to God, be thankful to God. And if you have a thankful spirit, a spirit of praise, it's gonna bless those around you. But then on the other hand, I encourage you, give your ministers and your pastors some praise. Now you don't wanna do too much or they, their heads might get too big. I understand that, okay? I'm, I'm kind of being sarcastic, but... Um, Give them praise and give them sincere thanks. And I'm not talking about flattering you, you understand that. But be free with your words of encouragement. Um, in leadership, and I can talk about this because I'm experiencing it, there's lots of discouraging things that happen. And we don't know how to deal with all these um, different opinions and ideas and things that come at us, both from believers and unbelievers. We're, we don't have a lot of experience ourselves. We need encouragement. We really do. So give that. And um, don't let your pastors preach, and I'm not saying this for myself this morning, believe me, but don't let them preach without giving feedback. And sometimes that feedback may be negative or correction, and that's good. But sometimes, um, many times, it will be affirmation. Give them feedback. I think one of the worst things for me in, um, if I preach and there's no feedback, that's one of the worst things. I, I, I don't mind um, maybe some pushback, and that's in order sometimes, and that has really challenged me and made me dig deeper. But if there's nothing said, I think, well, did they get anything? Or, or there's something in here. Maybe it's my flesh, I know. But feedback. And then a lot of that should be praise and thanks. <clears throat> and sometimes when we're not in leadership, we just don't think about those things, how it really is to be preparing for a sermon, to be preaching. <clears throat> 
So the other thing, the next one in verse 16, how to help them watch with joy is in verse 16. It says, don't neglect, <clears throat> um, or, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Or in New American Standard it says, do not and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And you have, um, you have blessed us with doing good and sharing and continue doing that with your leadership. And I saw next week there's an offering for tuition for pastor's support, I believe. Dig deep and bless them, okay? They give a lot of time. They're pretty underpaid in many ways. That's not a rebuke. That's just how they give a lot of time to the work here. So bless them, doing good and sharing. And then... <clears throat> Verses 18 and 19, look at Paul's heart, and this is the heart of leaders who are really shepherding. It says, pray for us, for we, are not, <clears throat> for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. Verse 19, but I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. So pray for them. And as I mentioned before, your intercession for us has helped keep us going. And, um, and I thought about some of you rose very early in the morning and prayed. And I wonder, my devotional life has been blessed and Rhoda's too. I think some of it came from your prayers. And I encourage you, pray for your leaders. I would love to see um, some one or two of you get a sign-up sheet. And start praying um, specifically and in an organized way for the work and for the leadership here. Pray. Um, <clears throat> so the last way to help them watch for your souls with joy is in verses 20 and 21. And I'll read it again. It's by looking to Jesus, that great shepherd. says... Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look to the shepherd, Jesus Christ. Okay? And um, if you do that personally, day by day, you are going to start blessing your leaders and helping them to watch for your own soul with joy and to make it very practical, to put these verses into practice because it's through Jesus Christ. Spend time with him daily. Prime time. Make it the most important part of your day, more important than work, homework, school, even quizzing. Okay? Prime time with Jesus Christ. Okay, spend time with him in prayer, in his word. And I encourage you to memorize. And you quizzers, how many are quizzing this year from here? Let's see your hands. All right. And um, my boys are quizzing too. I'm sure they'll see you. All right. So use that Bible memory to bless your lives. Think about it. You know, <clears throat> I did quiz too once upon a time. And God bless me. I remember especially in the book of James and when I was at work and I was thinking on those verses... I was blessed. Use it. And here's something for the adults. We need to be memorizing so we can meditate more. So get in a Bible memory program. If it's only three verses a week, but sometimes 
it's easier to get into it if you do a whole bunch like the quizzers do. So maybe start with 20 verses a week. Then you'll really get into it. That, that's how life works sometimes. But I encourage you to memorize and meditate and pray. And in these practical ways, you'll look to the great shepherd who is going to be able to equip you and you're going to be able to um, help your leaders watch for your souls with joy. Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us and you have been with us, with us there in Brooklyn and you've been with our home church here and you have commanded a blessing and we want to thank you because it's been your doing. And I thank you so much, Lord, for the church here. Bless them. Bless the leadership here. Bless Dave, Father. Give him wisdom. And each of the um, pastors and deacons here, bless them with unity and love and vision and insight and help them to weather the storms and also when they receive praise, help them not to um, be puffed up but to just simply continue walking with you um, bless them for your, their communication with us, Father, um, through these years <clears throat> and their affirmation and the congregation here, Lord, for um, the many things, the prayers and support they've given, Father. Um, I pray for a special blessing. And <clears throat> Father, I pray that through them, many, many more children could be born in a spiritual way as you've um, done in the past and are doing. I pray that you would continue commanding that blessing. I pray that the, the, um, the members here would support their leadership in special ways, would be filled with the Spirit, would um, obey and submit. <clears throat> and Father, that they could be profited and I pray that you would give the um, leaders here a special ability to watch for souls and to remember that the day of accounting is coming and to do it with fear and trembling to watch for souls in, in a spirit of prayer. Lord, I just pray for an anointing upon us. Thank you for this time. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen.